I'm Michelle Sims, and this is the Beauty in the Mess, a community where people who crave a shift in mindset, personal growth, and connection to like-minded people come together to start rewriting their stories. Through engaging, honest, and insightful conversations, the show will help you embrace the mess to recognize the meanings and the lessons it holds and discover its hidden treasures to help you start making a mindset shift. Let's listen, learn, and reclaim who we were meant to be. Hi, friend. Welcome to the Beauty in the Mess. For this episode, I'm very excited to welcome Jerry Emeka to the show. Jerry is an imagination coach, and yes, you heard that right, an imagination coach. He helps people use their imaginations to uncover their burning desires, release old stories, banish self-doubt and frustration, as well as find everlasting fulfillment. Hi, I'm Michelle Sims, your host. I'm just a regular person who, along with my family, have had our share of messes that we too have had to overcome. Along the way, I got curious as to how others get through their messes and even triumph over them. Maybe there's a better way, a faster way. Maybe we can accelerate our journeys by learning from someone else. That started my pursuit. I think we can all learn from each other through the sharing of our experiences, lessons, and knowledge. So join me for episode 48 of the Beauty in the Mess called Think Differently, Live Differently with Jerry Emeka. Jerry's approach has been influenced by the teachings of Neville Goddard. Jerry believes if you train yourself to think differently, then you will live differently and you will be open to new possibilities. He focuses on giving practical tools, inspiring insights, along with a fresh perspective on holistic health and personal development. If you're like me, he will definitely make you think of things in a whole new way. So without further ado, let's dive right into today's conversation. Hi, Jerry. Welcome to the Beauty in the Mess. I'm so glad to have you today. Hey, Michelle. How's it? It's going pretty well. Thank you. Now, I I know we're going to get into in depth into some self-improvement things and and other issues, but before we get rolling on everything today, I just kind of wondered if you would tell us your backstory, like what got you to where you're at today? What led you down this path? And I think you call yourself an imagination coach. Is that correct? Correct. So what, yeah. what led you on the path to becoming an imagination coach? Well, I, 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 well, what led me on the path, I mean, is just my life's journey of, of always going after, uh, you know, some, some desire. So it was like, whether it was being a performer or radio host or DJ and all these type of things, and then um, uh, somewhere along the lines, and it was like when I was in my early 30s or something like that, I was I was I was having a hard time in life. I was dealing with a lot of like um, uh, over partying, substance abuse. There was no focus. I didn't I didn't really feel like I had any friends, though. I was very productive. I was I, and super busy. I wasn't fulfilled. And and I, I was just, uh, but I just kept going and I was just people pleasing and I was just making it happen and I'm just going to make it, you know? And w- one day I, I just had this kind of awakening, if you will, for lack of a better word to the idea that I was like, there was a lot more going on in my reality than I had known up until that point. And then I, uh, started studying philosophy, spirituality, and all these teachings. And then I came into meeting a teacher named Neville Goddard, who taught that imagination creates reality, and, and that we're to test 
like test our imagination and and really see that we are the ones who are responsible uh, for creating the life that we have in the past in the present and in the future and I learned a lot from him and I learned a lot from the practices that I gained through the years and it was bettering my life. And then during COVID folks started hitting me up, asking me for advice and, and all this type of stuff. And, uh, you know, I taught them about my practices. I taught them the importance of the imagination, the importance of, of awareness, the power of awareness and, uh, who we truly are and how this reality works. And I've, I basically, basically kind of stumbled into it. A friend asked me, Hey, can I coach them? And I was like, ah, whatever. Uh, sure. And, um, next thing you know, I'm coaching another person and I'm coaching another person. And then, and then I was like, Oh, you're a coach. And they were like, Oh yeah. What type of coach are you? And I was like, I would say life coach, but I'm like, ah, I mean, I guess I, yeah, but I didn't like that label. <laughs> Cause it was like, it just seemed like, that's not really what I'm, I, I don't know about your life. I'm not necessarily trying to fix your life. And I'm here to help you understand your imagination and how your imagination creates reality. Now, if that's life coaching, so be it. But I just like the idea of just being an imagination coach. So uh, that's that's how I came about that. <laughs> so can I ask, is, is that similar to what a lot of people refer to as manifesting? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Totally in, on online with that. Um, it's reality creation. And whether it's relationship, whether it's your health, whether it is your, um, re, uh, well, your relationship, your your wealth, your, 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 your finances, whatever it is, it, it is a manifestation. Look, what whatever aspect of your life you're talking about it's it it in and of itself is a manifestation whether it's good whether it's bad whether it doesn't matter at all it is a manifestation most people are unaware that they're creating their reality they they they're unaware that they're they're actually imagining all these circumstances beforehand and there are ways and means of understanding that and not only understanding that, utilizing this, your very being, this thing that's been with you since you were born, before you were born, to actually utilize it to actually help you bless, have a more blessed life, and not only bless your life, but bless the lives of those that are in your, your circle, in your, in your life. So the importance of knowing your imagination is, is, I think is the most supreme thing that anybody could work on. If they can understand their imagination, they can understand everything. I assume you're teaching someone like how to understand it. How, how much long does it take a person to fully get that? Or do you engage in the manifesting or the imagination right away? Do you have that person engage in it right away? Yeah, it depends. Depends on how open that person is to really having an uncritical observation of what they are thinking and feeling and imagining. Um, some people it's like that others it takes, takes a couple months and um, which is fine uh, because it's all, it's all an unfolding process of discovering your true self. Right. And so it takes however long you set up for yourself, <laughs> if you will. 
so for example, the, the person that I first worked with years ago, she's a psychotherapist. And so she has modalities and understandings about the human mind and things like that. But what, what was going on is she wasn't recognizing that all the little subtleties in her life were actually a projection of her own consciousness. And so what we did in that process was just like I was just helping her have an uncritical observation of herself. That's it. Did you notice that you just said that? Is that really what you want to believe? Is that really what you want to say? And of course, the answer is no, because that they recognize that that's what's creating the difficulties. And then when I'm what I'm able to do is just point them, point them in the direction that they do want to go and get them to uh, dwell in that feeling that in that new state of consciousness within themselves, not, not externally, but within themselves. And the process, again, it, it takes as long as the client needs. I do have, you know, coaching courses and those types of things that lay it out in a systematic way, but it, honestly, real talk, you don't need a coach to understand this work. It is something that, you can understand on your own. I know that was a lot of words. <laughs> no, it's it's fascinating to me, but I'm wondering like if you get, I have several questions going on in my mind, but if you get someone that is very negative mm -hmm. and they, they, you know, you have that little nagging voice that always mm -hmm. is the most critical of anybody around you as yourself. How do you get the person to, to be able to shut that off? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, you can think, uh, you know, you can have a vivid imagination of something, but then it seems like that voice is going to come right back, right? Come back and ne negate it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good noticing. That's, that's, that's a great observation. So the, the, the first key, like I said before, was having that uncritical observation. If you can, what I would do with a client that has a nagging negative thought is I would work, work with them on having a mental diet. So we'd have that uncritical observation first and just have a complete assessment of like, okay, let's just be honest with ourselves. What do we say about ourselves all the time? What do we say about others all the time? That person's cool. Oh, I wish I was like that person. I could never do that. I'm not enough. You, you've heard all the things, right? Right. We, we, you know, we've, if you've been in self-development, you've heard it all before. I've probably said it all before. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> so if you can actually, let's say a week, you just observe, oh, wow. Whenever this is happening, I think this, whenever this person shows up, I think that whenever I'm, whenever I'm just chilling, watching TV, all of a sudden I'm feeling like I'm lazy just keeping note that you're even having the thoughts. Remember, uncritical observation, not trying to beat yourself up, not even trying to dwell in any of those thoughts, just an observation. Huh, how about that? Michelle thinks this way. Cool, got it, jot it down or whatever you wanna do. That, that would be week one, let's say. Now you have this assessment and this is how I talk about myself. How do I actually wanna talk to myself? What would what do I want to be saying to myself when I'm chilling watching TV? What do I want to what would I like to say to this person that shows up in XYZ way? How would I actually like to show up and train yourself to say those things when you would have say the others? Now, 
this is where the coaching would come in to, of course, help guide and all that type of stuff. But it is, again, something that it doesn't cost you anything to do. Now, if you can dwell in your most ideal state often enough, it becomes automatic. Your, your mind and your body will actually go down that track of consciousness. So how do you do something like that? Know exactly what it is that you want, like how you, how you want to be or what you want to have or how you want others to show up even. And then ask yourself, how would I feel if I actually had that thing right now? If I had that thing right now, how would I actually feel? And you would have, you probably be like, oh my God, I, I'd feel great. Or I'd be so relaxed or I'd feel so grounded or whatever it is. There's always a word. And behind that word, again, this uncritical observation behind that word is a feeling. Right. And that feeling is what you want. That's actually what you want. It's not the words you're even saying. It's the feeling that those words are trying to define. So that feeling that you that that comes up that's the state of consciousness that you want to be dwelling in so in that state of consciousness if you can go back to that state of consciousness more often than not your body and mind start to go down that track like i said before again like so what would it feel like if you were this woman and then you have the thought and you're like oh, God, what would that feel like and you feel it in your chest or you feel it in your shoulder you feel it somewhere in your body it feels very um, relieving it, it feels like ah yum it feels like goodness well after you have that feeling you go back to your normal self your quote-unquote normal self and it's like well that didn't work or whatever it is go back to that feeling so five hours from now you're down, you're, you're having negative thoughts or you're having mind chatter that doesn't match the state of that state or that feeling that, that time that you notice it uncritically, you go, wait a minute, this isn't how I want to feel. No, this isn't what I want to think. This isn't where I want to be. I'm going to go there within myself without forcing the external to match. I'm going to do it within myself. Again, when you do it often enough, your mind and your body will match that state of consciousness. And not only will your mind and body, the outside world will match that state of consciousness. Here's a perfect example of that. Have you ever gotten in a heated argument with somebody? Yeah, I think we all have. I'm sorry? I said, I think we all have, yeah. Right. Have you ever been in a heated argument with somebody that happens a, like it's a pattern? You mean like a, a person that kind of triggers you every time you see him? Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Got it. No. There's a feeling that you have about that person, is there not? Yeah. Right. It's not a it's not an emotion, right? It, it's it's a there's a certain knowing that you have about this person, right? Just yeah, it's kind of like you go on high alert that you know you're expecting something to happen. Right, exactly. That is the feeling I'm talking about. There's that that it it's the meat honestly what it is it's the meaning that you're making about that person so here's the interesting thing if you can change your state of consciousness in relation to that person that 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 person will actually change in your eyes that's what i was just going to ask you because i heard you say that how do you want that other person to show up mm -hmm. i didn't mean to interrupt you i'm sorry no you're fine are you saying we can change that other person 
or they react to how we've changed if we change ourselves. The whole world changes to reflect your state of consciousness. So right right now, you've been under the impression that so-and-so shows up this way because that's just the way they are. That's just the way they are to you. And so they show up that way because that's how you have them within your own state of consciousness. When you change, they'll change, not the other way around. Everybody wants other people to change first. Right. Michael Jackson taught us, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make the change. They're like, oh, but I did do the change. They still haven't changed. Like, no, you haven't changed. (laughs) Again, simply put, if you first practice that whole uncritical observation, that whole part, you wouldn't even necessarily be worried if other people change or not, because you'd be working on what's going on within the garden of your own mind. Right. Right. And as again, as you change, the whole world will reflect it. So this person might this person might leave. This person might change the way they talk to you. This person might not change the way they talk to you. You just respond completely different. The um, the, uh, the person might just start giving you flowers all of a sudden. I remember one client had a problem with their boss. It was just an incessant story. It was a pattern. This person's rude. She's she's selfish. She's this, any other. She never gives me time. She never did that. And yeah, I was like, change the conversation that you're having with her within yourself. She was like, what do you mean? I was like, you have to actually change that story. That's true as it might be. It only continues because you keep telling that story. You keep having that feeling and that story about her. If you change, she'll change. Great. She put it into practice. She ended up getting fired. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. She actually ended up getting an even better job with an amazing boss. Like it was like a complete 180. Wow. And the, 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 the boss like treat all the things she wanted from this other boss. Like this person was ex- like the complete opposite. She wanted more respect in her position. She wanted more autonomy and all those type of things. She got that, you know, she got respected for her, for her uh, years of expertise, paid bonuses, family got to fly out on vacations with her. <laughs> it's like <laughs> amazing stuff. Here's, here's another bit to this story. She was out and about on town her former boss, the, the woman that she was having a problem with, was there and she saw her and she was like, Jerry, her mood was completely different. She was just a happy woman. She was like, like talking good about her kids and the business and all this stuff. Remember what I said earlier, when we learn about this and learn how we can actually bless ourselves, it doesn't just bless us. It blesses those that are in our circle without us even lifting a finger. This former boss that she thought was cantankerous and mean and all that type of stuff. It was really just a story that she had going on in her mind. And now she used her own power of imagination and became conscious of a blessed life, of a blessed boss, of a blessed, you know, a work life. And that's what she ended up getting. Now, I also remember this client started a couple months down the road. Her boss started showing up in a certain way. And I was like, well, what's the conversation that you're having about your boss? And then she, it clicked. Wait a minute. 
I'm telling, I'm the one who's telling this story again. And that's the reason why let's get off the subject of business. When people like go to the gym, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out. I'm going to lose this weight. They lose the weight and then the weight comes back on right? because they never held onto the state of consciousness that would reflect, that would project that into their body to be reflected back to them. They did surface level stuff by going to the gym and doing cardio and counting their calories and doing all this stuff. But within themselves, they never change. Does that make sense? I think so. Is it is and it's as easy really as like repetition? I mean, just constantly telling yourself a different story. Well, so there's vain affirmations. There is vain affirmations, which is not what I'm talking about, but rather what I'm saying is to dwell in that state of the wish fulfilled is to is to remain faithful to the state of consciousness that you actually want to embody in this world despite what the what the, despite what the external reality is showing you until you have actually like planted that seed within yourself, the world just won't change. And it will keep giving you back what you are. And you'll keep wondering, why does it keep showing up this way? Well, it keeps showing up this way because that's the state of consciousness that you're in. So is it that simple? It's, uh, how does my mentor say it? It's simple, but it ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> so like the person who's, who says bad things keep happening to me, they're doing something to kind of drive that in a way? What I'll tell to my clients is the very fact that you're acknowledged. Well, I'll say this. Bad things keep happening. to me. Why do bad things keep happening to me? I'll say to them, bad things keep happening to you because you keep saying that bad things keep happening to you. So it's like, remember, I said that uncritical observation. If you really observed it, you have this whole dialogue that's going on in your mind that you're not even aware of. And it's just going. Right. I think it's like 60,000 thoughts in a day. It's only going because that's the setting that you put it at. Once you stop it and reset it and say, this is what I want you to think about. This is what I want you to talk about. It will, but you have to persist. You like, you have to remind it. It's like pulling a, it's like pulling a string on a, um, on a weed whacker, you know, every now and again, you gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it goes, and then you can go for it. You know what I mean? But that's so kind of getting to a level of awareness that you catch yourself. Boom. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. Exactly right. Did I hear you say that you believe we can change our health the same way? And I don't mean just losing weight, but I mean, like, mm -hmm. change your health. Correct. You can do that, too. Mm -hmm. Just just by manifesting good yeah. health. Again, everything is a reflection of your own state of consciousness. So what's going on in the body? I, I, look, I'm not a scientist. I'm, I'm an artist. All right. Uh, yeah. Right. So like a lot of times my analogies will come like more poetic and, uh, and and like stories and like analogies and stuff like that. So I can't speak to the science of it. I really can't. But there's way too much proof for me, at least scientific proof to show is like, well, yeah, mind over matter, H hands down, our body is reacting to the way we our mind is being. 
The reason why we eat the way we eat is because of what our mind is saying. The, you know, the reason why we sabotage ourselves and put ourselves in certain situations, blah, blah, blah. It's because of what are, what's going on in our mind. Right. If you change what's going on in your mind, everything else changes, including your body and your health. I have clients that have overcome like problems with their health, people who've lost weight, people who put on weight, um, cancer. I, I know somebody who, who came back from, I forget the name of the disease he had forget, but it basically had him wheelchair bound. There was no recovery from this thing wow. and came to understand what Neville Goddard was teaching or, and others like him. And then one day, I think the way he tells the story is one day he was, he was in the kitchen with his daughter and she was just like, I can't wait to go hiking with you sometime. And, and his thought was, was like, how is that going to happen? I'm in a wheelchair. And as he had that thought, he was just like, but that's not what I want anymore or something along those lines. And he's just like, well, then I'm done with it. He went to bed that night or whatever. And then next day, nothing, next day, nothing, next day, nothing. And then like on the sixth day, and I'll share this link with you. It's a very fascinating story. On the sixth day, he was, he, he surprised himself. He was walking. Wow. Now I'm not saying that, it, that that's necessarily what your bridge of incident is going to look like, or your journey is going to look like. Right. What I am saying though, is you will be taken across a bridge of incident to the fulfillment of that thing you're holding onto in consciousness. What are you referring to as a, the bridge of incident? It's a bridge. It's the unfolding okay. of that, of that consciousness. So kind of like the awareness of it. So you're aware of it within yourself. I am this person. Right. Like, let's just say it. it's the end of 2024. I hit my financial goal that you're declaring it right now. Most people will say that and then go about their business and, and hustle and grind and really try to get there. My clients sit in their imagination, know exactly who it is that they want, dwell in that state. And then when they come out here, go about their business without force. So I'm not saying that they don't work. I'm not saying that they don't make moves. I'm not saying that they, 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 they aren't making things happen. They just do it in a more efficient way because they're actually operating from the knowing that they are this person. They're not trying to get anything. They are this thing. So, in, so this bridge of incident that I'm referring to is it's the journey you're going to walk across to get you to that, to get you to that end goal. Okay. So another example of that would be when you plant it, when you plant an acorn into the ground, it goes, it will go through a bridge of incident that will turn it into an oak tree. But the moment you plant, before you planted it into the ground, it was already an oak tree. Okay. Yeah. Right. But it has to go on its journey in order to see itself in full fulfillment. So I, I read where um, you've also studied, and I'm sure this is part of Neville's teachings, but the law of assumption, what is that? That That's essentially Neville's. Same thing. Neville's teachings. Yeah. Okay. So the, the law of assumption goes would a simple way to define it would be that the that the world that we are all living in is actually based on the assumptions that each individual is holding of themselves. And so 
if a person changes the assumptions that they hold of themselves, the people in the people and things in their lives will reflect it. It's basically what we've just been saying this whole time. Wow. But here's the thing. Here's how you operate the law of assumption. An assumption, though false, if persisted in, will harden into fact. So if right now, if Michelle would assume that she was the woman that she wanted to be, and she persisted in that assumption that she is the person that she wanted to be, again, not forcing others to see her that way, she needs to see herself that way. If she can persist in that assumption, it will harden into fact. And what does hardening into fact look like? The whole world starts to match it. So yeah, that's the law of assumption. That's fascinating. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally believe in the power of the mind. And I'm trying to equate that. Like, do you have people journal also? They can if they want to. Okay. But it's not part of the process necessarily. No. So, so it depends on the client. And, and everybody, because again, everybody has their own assumptions. So uh, some people need journaling and again i find this out through coaching some people find um find that journaling helps others will find that sitting in meditation will help i was going to ask about meditation next yeah because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you say they go into their imagination i just trying to equate it to something that i i'm aware of i just wondered if that's kind of like a meditation or you're just in thought interestingly enough the best way i would say is somewhere in between the two because I'm not a big proponent of forcing yourself to imagine anything. Um, that's why I kind of dive into the feeling of something as opposed to imagining something per se. The imagination comes into play once you get into the feeling. So for example, Michelle, let's say there is a goal you have in mind. You don't have to tell me, so your audience doesn't need to know what you're working on. But let's say you have a goal in mind. You you, you want to show up a different way, or you want to have a particular thing, or you 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 know you want you want a certain thing. You know exactly what it is. Every time something comes up, you're like, I "Wish I had that," or "It'd be nice if I had that." Great. Can you picture that right now? That thing or that person, right? Yeah. When you think about it, what would it be like if you had that in your life? Uh, I think it would be awesome, but. <laughs> Okay, there, there. You see how you looked up and you kind of like there, there, there was that lift, right? Yeah. That, that. It doesn't matter what you're imagining, even though you could see it. What mattered more was how you felt about it, because that's really what you're looking for. That feeling, that that feeling of comfort, that feeling of security, that feeling of freedom, that feeling of awe and and reverence that feeling of wonderful right right am i lying when i say that that's probably one of those things is probably what you were feeling yeah right but that's not how you're that's not how you're feeling most often is it no <laughs> most of the time you're feeling like you don't have that thing am i right or wrong exactly you know you're right 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 and so anytime you think of this thing you have a feeling of i don't have it and guess what? You're right. And you will, and it will perpetuate that you don't have it. And you keep creating, you keep manifesting it, not having it. So now we know what it feels like to have that thing. Right? <laughs> it would feel awesome. Great. How often do you return to that state of consciousness? So 
what I would have a client do is like, all right, here's the deal. When you wake up in the morning, I want you to just feel that you already have that thing right now. And notice I said right now, not yesterday, not tomorrow. Just, just assume, law of assumption, just assume, just dare to assume that you do have it. So, okay, I feel good. Okay, I'm just going to close my eyes and just, I'm not even going to try to visualize anything. I'm just going to sit and just enjoy the feeling. And then like I'll say to my clients, just breathe as that person. Just breathe. Just how would she breathe if she had that thing? It just, it's just simple. She probably just breathe. Okay, cool. Just do it. And I would say, all right, sit down for five minutes and just do that. All right, cool. Now, in the middle of the day, after lunch, three o'clock, whenever, you can sneak off to the bathroom if you want. I used to do this when I was first practicing this stuff. Go off to the bathroom. Just sit there. Get back into that feeling. I already have this thing. Not vain affirmations. Of, I have the keys. I have the keys. No, just, ah, yeah, that's right. I do have the thing. Got it. It feels good. I feel secure. I feel great. Just feel it. Enjoy it. Good. Now, here's the key. As you're going to bed at night, I want you to imagine that you are this woman. Don't worry about all the thoughts, the negativity. No, you don't. What are you talking about? But none of that matters. How am I going to get it? What do I need? None of that matters. I already have it. I'm just going to assume that I already have it. You do that a week, two weeks consistently. Eventually, you're going to get to a place where you're like, wait, do I have it or don't I have it? That's when you know you nailed it. Oh, wow. You'll know. Because it's like, all right, I have it. Like, you'll just know. You won't need proof on the outside. You won't even want to do the exercise anymore. You'll just know. And then you let it go. And if you can practice this, and this is what I work on with clients for the clients that work with me in the Faithful Visionary Project, is I work with them for a, an extended period of time. So that way we can work on all the aspects of things that they aren't even aware that they're subtly creating. Like a client will come to me and be like, okay, yeah, I'm doing this thing. And, and they'll say something and it will be the most subtle thing. And I'll be like, is that, why, why'd you say that? Is that what you want? And they'll be like, what? I said that. I was like, is that what you want? And they'll be like, no, all right, cool. Let's change it. Sure enough. I'll be like, all right, that's your assignment. We're going to change that thing. And boom, it changes, it shifts, transformation happens, so on and so forth. And they just become stronger. Their imagination becomes stronger. Their awareness of being becomes stronger. And they're um and and they have a less, they have less of a reliance on the outside world giving them things because they recognize that things are actually coming through them. So they more operate in this world as more of a blessing, more giving, more just lovingly present. If, if there was a phrase I could say about it, they become more lovingly present with the people and things in their life because they know where the source of it came from, which is God ultimately. Right. That's awesome. So do you ever get anybody that, that doesn't know what they want? I mean, like they're so beat down or I, I don't know what the word would be, but I, I know people that. Oh, yeah, exactly. So can you help get them to a place where they figure out what they want or do, 
they yeah i don't know what i want yeah 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 i do believe everybody knows what they want i believe people don't give themselves permission to know what they want right deep down they know what they want as a matter of fact even con even on the surface level they know what they want they know that they want to know right so that's that's so right there the very phrase i don't know what i want like it contradicts its own self. So you do know what you want. You want the basic things. You want freedom. You want clarity. You want understanding. You want to be understood. You want to be seen. Right. You want to be heard. You want status. You want, you name it. Like the, these are inherent things. Another way of discovering, if you're, if you're the type, if you're listening to this and you're the type of person who says, I don't know what I want. Consider this. Every time you find something that you don't want, ask yourself, well, if I don't want this, what do I want? And they'll be like, I don't know. Well, well, if you if you got an F on a test, wouldn't you want a passing grade? Yeah. Okay, cool. Just, just let it be that. I want a passing grade. All right. Let's just say you you're you're satisfied with the amount of money you're making business is good you're you're loving on your your sweetheart uh your, your health couldn't be any better and you're still finding yourself being like i don't know what i want i don't know what to do great sit there and be like oh, man it feels so good like i just did with michelle earlier you sit with the feeling of it feels so good that i know exactly what i want to do I always know what I want to do and just get into that feeling. What would it feel like if you always knew what you wanted to do? That's a good way to think of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was with a colleague this, this past weekend. Um, she, she's new to this stuff because I, I've introduced it to her and uh, she's a farmer as, as, as well. And she was talking about how she had this vision. She knew exactly what it is that she wanted, but when she wakes up, she doesn't feel motivated. She just, I don't feel like doing anything. I mean, I do them because I have to, but I don't feel motivated. How do I get motivated? <laughs> and I I asked her the question that I asked you, Michelle. I was like, well, what would it, what do you think it would feel like if you were motivated? And her response was grounded. I was like, great. We'll start feeling grounded. She was like, what? She was like, yeah. Didn't you just feel grounded just saying saying that? She was like, yeah. I was like, great. Go to bed tonight feeling grounded she was like okay saw her the next morning she was like jerry you won't believe it you won't believe how much shit i got done today excuse me for <laughs> cursing oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe how much stuff i got done today uh, this morning already i was like were you feeling grounded she was like yeah were you motivated she was like without a doubt I, I, motivation wasn't even on my mind that's pretty awesome and she doesn't, she doesn't know the law. You know, I didn't go through all the things, all that stuff. Yeah. Is, is it the, that connection to emotion that keeps us from going back to the, the old, you know, our old patterns, our old, because I, I've heard a lot about how I think even Tony Robbins talks about when you connect an emotion to a thought, you're more likely to remember that's one of them. Um, and you're more likely to, to execute on it. I mean, I just wondered what your thoughts were. Is, is it because I've heard you talk a lot about the emotion? Is that what keeps us motivated, so to speak? Because we we want to feel that emotion and that's what drives us to keep the repetition up to, to get to where we want to be. 
Good question. So yes, so a thought mixed with an emotion, I will agree with, will manifest something. Uh, whether it's a thought with a negative emotion or a thought with a positive emotion and all things being relative, your body just acts. It it moves. The whole world moves and shapes to match states of consciousness. And so, yeah, if, if you're having an emotion and a thought, boom. Now, if you do it consciously, it's great. Most people don't do it consciously, right? We'll watch a movie and we're just like in alpha state, just watching it happen. And we're just reacting and just having all these things and all those reactions and emotions and all that. They don't actually go to the past. They actually go to the future. Like we're going to run into that oak tree at some point. And then we'll go, why does this keep happening? It's like, because you watch horror movies all the time. Because <laughs> you, you know, like, and, and where's the horror movie happening? It's happening in our mind. We literally, like, it's a, like a lot of people have no idea that the thoughts and emotions that they're feeling at any given moment in time is what's creating their reality. I, it, it's, it's, it's so fundamental to what it's so fundamental to what happens here that once you actually truly understand what, what Neville Goddard is trying to convey in his teaching, you, you recognize, you recognize like, just, I, I gotta say, just how perfect of a world God actually did create, and how much our mind and our our mind just messes up a whole a whole perfect perfect world. It just has us be in certain ways, and it's because again, because of the emotions and because of the thoughts that we're having. So, if, if you can truly learn to have that love for yourself and love for the world. And just see how wonderful it is. You're you're gonna see it. It just that's just the way it is. It's amazing. It really is. Mm -hmm. But I I mean I've heard a lot of people talk about it, and like I said, I believe in the totally how powerful the mind is. I, I think most of us have no clue, mm -hmm. myself included. I mean, to the full capacity of of what's available to us, but. You know, I've, I've studied hypnosis. I've studied several different things because I believe that the mind is so powerful. Mm. But it's, it's it's neat to hear that just kind of, and I, I might not even be saying this correctly, but kind of changing our perception of things can, can actually change your whole world, it sounds like. Completely, 100%. I think it was Wayne Dyer who said, um, if you change the way you look at things, the way you look at things change or something along those lines. Yeah, I've heard that before. That, that's that's exactly what we're talking about here. If, the first thing I teach any client that comes to work with me is fundamentally, I teach them who I am. Not who Jerry is, not who Michelle is, but who I am. It's the true self before any labels are added onto it. The labels that your parents gave you. The labels that your peers gave you. And by the way, nobody gave you these things. You accepted them unknowingly. You, it's not your fault. You just accepted them because you didn't know any better. And now we've taken on all these assumptions. This is who I am. 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 And you put all these post-it notes literally all over your body. Right? Because, because that's what the world told you. 
And you're like, well, that must be who I am. I must be a piece of crap. I must be, you know, uh, I, I must be unproductive. I must be lazy. Great. I accept that assumption. I'll accept that assumption. I'll accept that assumption or perception. Then we get to a place where 40 years old and just like, ah, why is my wife not working? Why does everybody keep treating me this way? All this stuff. And it's like, because you're covered in these post-it notes that keep telling people to treat you that way. So if you can learn to discard all your post-it notes, let them all go. None of them are truly who you are. You're an infinite being created by the very power and, and, and wisdom that created the stars and the planets. And you happen to have this gift of mind and speech and, and heart and intuition. And you can use these very aspects, these true aspects of yourself to accept new assumptions of yourself right now. Doesn't matter what happened in the past. As Neville Goddard would say, he would say, it's like, I don't care what got you here. I just care about what do you want? Your story was great because that's what got you here. Now that you're here, what do you want? So take off all the post-it notes, all the things you've accepted to be true, all the things, all the labels people say about you, all those things. And you can keep the ones you want. I'm not saying you have to get rid of all of them. Right. But you know which ones you don't want. Get rid of them and put new post-it notes on there. And I am awesome. I am ingenious or ingenious. I am industrious. I I am productive. I may even pause. Things come to me easily and effortlessly. I just happen to be one of those people that things just show up for me. You you have friends like that, right? Yeah, totally. It's because of their assumption. You know, when they're just like, I don't know, these things just show up. It they are that's because they assume it's true. <laughs> Whether like they didn't do it on, they didn't necessarily do it on purpose, but that's what they did, you know. And the people will say, "Well, I, I didn't want to be negative thing happen to me." Trust me when I say it. I didn't want the th negative things that happened to me. I know I didn't purposefully ask for those things, but I understand how the law works. And you know, it's like if, if you fall off of a building. The law of gravity is going to let, let you know, know a thing or two. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. So it's not it's not the law of gravity's fault that you fell off the building. And technically, if you were blindfolded, it's not necessarily your fault that you fell off the building either. Right. Like if you didn't know that there was a roof there, you're going to fall and you're going to wonder why you fell. It's not your fault. But now that you have this information and you're having fun with this information and you're practicing and you're testing it and you're, 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 t you're just seeing how it works. You'll want to have the responsibility over your whole life. You'll gladly take it on because you'll see how much of a blessing it is. You're just like, Oh my God, I don't have to blame anybody for anything. And don't get it twisted. I'm not saying I'm, I'm divine. 
uh, at this or anything like that. I definitely fall off the roof every now and again, but, <laughs> but, but I, but when I fall off the roof and I, and I, you know, stub my toe or whatever, I know I can't go and blame that other person. I know I created it. And if I know I created it, that means I know I can create something new. Yeah. I, I love your analogy about the post-it notes. I've not quite heard it that way, but that's a great way to to visualize what you're talking about. And I, I you know, we always hear that we train others how to treat us. Yeah. And kind of like what you just said, I mean, we're wearing instructions <laughs> of how to treat us. And then we wonder why they treat us that way. Yeah. And then yeah. we attach emotions. Like when they say something horrible to you, you feel those negative emotions mm-hmm. and you to your point, we just accept what they say. That's why it hurts so bad because we just accepted it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not true, right? About us. Now, I have a question for you, Michelle. Okay. The things that they say to you, have you ever said them to yourself? Oh yeah, I I think I'm my worst uh, enemy on that kind of stuff. Yeah. And there you have it. Yeah. They're only reflecting what you what you say to yourself about yourself. But that's also why you accept what they say, because you've already said it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so and so the pattern continues until you like, wait a minute. That's not true. And you change and you change. And and, and, and like I said, just put it to the test. If it's something that's um, heavy, like if you're new to this and it's heavy, something put that on the shelf, try it with somebody, somebody different. Here's a good exercise for anybody who would like to try this. Imagine what it would feel like to uh, get a, get a phone call from someone you haven't heard from in a long time. Just be like, Oh, that was cool. Or whatever it would be like, that's a surprise. Wait, that worked or whatever, whatever the feeling would be. If somebody who you haven't heard from in a while hits you up, and just imagine that for a little bit. Just imagine that today, because this type of exercise kind of pops up fairly quickly if you do it, because there's no resistance to it. But uh, but yeah, just try it. Just try it. And within a week, I, I, which is a long time in in this specific exercise, within a week you should find you should you should be in contact with somebody you haven't heard from in a long time. And I'd be curious, Michelle, to know how long it takes for someone to pop up in your re-pop up in your life. Okay. I will try it and let you know <laughs> if it happens. <laughs> cool. That would be neat. Cool. So I, w- I was wondering, like, I know you talk about slamming the door on self-doubt, which kind of ties into some of the other stuff we're talking about. But again, I, I think some of these habits are so... And that's exactly what they are, right? The talking bad to ourselves, it's a habit. And you know what I've learned over the years, it's kind of wild, is that it, we we're so accepting of these bad things that we say to ourselves. And I, you know, I'm got to the place where I am in life and I finally figured out that a lot of what repeats in my mind didn't even come from me. And I'm not even my words, they came from somebody else but I replay it back to myself. So how, you know, and then I just accept it, I guess. So how do you, I I know you're saying that we can, we can change that. And I believe that we can, but I just feel like some of these habits or patterns have been going for so long. Can we really stop it after all these years of, of that repetition? 
Yeah. Okay. Yes. That was quick. Yes, you can. Yeah, you slammed it. Yeah. Well, I, 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 like you said, slamming the door on self doubt. <laughs> it's like so. You know, like I slammed it. I was like, boom. Like, no, it, 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 it. Look, I can, I can hear the people saying, no. It, it, I didn't say it was. It is simple. The answer is. The answer is yes. You can. It's called metanoia, a radical, a radical change of mind. Metanoia. I don't think I've ever heard that term. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's uh it repentance. The the true true name for repentance is metanoia, which is to look again. It's to again. I, I you don't you, you don't necessarily need to understand scripture um to understand what I'm about to say, but it's just like look again. Like this this meaning that I'm making right now, one of my mentors would point out to me, he said. This X, whatever X is, does not mean what I think it means. Because what's going on is we we automatically make meaning. So something triggers us and we go on to our pattern. But if you can learn that you can actually, you can literally slam a door. So something happens and I can feel myself want to react. I can actually stop myself. Be like, you might, it might burn. It might hurt. But you don't need to react the same way that you used to. You can respond from your new state of consciousness. Like when, let's say, a bill comes in. Right. A, a people's reaction will be, oh, I don't have enough. Where's the money? I need to go and like figure all this stuff out. Whatever it is. If that's your normal reaction, if that's your pattern, great. I always tell my clients, great noticing. That that's that's eighty percent of the battle. Just noticing that hey, I, I'm having a feeling, <laughs> and then you go, you go. Well, what do I want to feel? If you can just, even if you can get to that, that nice nexus point of stillness between the feeling and the reaction, you can change that feeling into a response. Wait a minute. If I was the man or the woman that I want to be, how do I actually, how would I feel? All right. I feel relaxed. I feel good. I take care of this or I wouldn't, whatever. And then you deal with whatever you have to deal with accordingly. So the bill comes in. You know what? I'm wealthy. I got this, whatever. And you deal with it accordingly. You deal with it accordingly but you're not dealing with it from the same state of consciousness that you used to. The way you used to was, I don't, I'm not enough. Where am I going to get this money? Why do bills keep coming in? Stamp it, send it. This time you get the bill. No, I'm confident. I know I'm enough. I got this. All right. We got this. I have plenty of money. I have enough. Write my check, do my thing, put the stamp on it. Thank you so much. Whatever this bill is for, you're awesome. Send it off. And then when I, another thing I'll say to my clients, you're not doing this to fix anything. There's nothing to fix. There is no problem. It's your th automatic thinking that makes this a problem. It's your automatic thinking. It's your pattern of thinking 
that it says that this is a problem. But right now, it is not a problem. It is done. It is taken care of. I'm handling this. It's good. It's a blessing. All those things. Why? Because, again, what you are saying to yourself about yourself right now doesn't go to the past. It goes to the future. So all those automatic meanings and all those automatic triggers and all those type of things, we, we get triggered. That feeling and thought, it doesn't go to the back. back. It goes forward for you to harvest the next time that trigger comes up. What do you mean by harvest? It's going to be like your default. Is that what you're saying? Like, well, no, no, I'm not saying it's your default. Okay. I'm well. The default is the pattern that you've created. All those things that you've accepted. Right. But what I'm saying, the harvest is the. Okay, back back to the sticky notes thing. You have all the sticky notes all over you, and then so and so comes up to you, and they read the script because of what you wrote on your sticky note. That's the harvest. Okay. Most people, when they get their harvest, don't recognize their harvest. They're like, why does this person keep treating me like crap? Or why does my bank account keep showing up this way? Why does my scale keep showing me this weight? Or why does my doctor keep giving me this diagnosis? That is the harvest. When you get the harvest, you then eat the fruit, which is your automatic reaction, right? Which is the trigger and tense and feeling terrible and all this stuff. And then you have the thought to match it, like we pointed out before. Right. And they match. That creates a new seed, which will manifest itself, which you will then harvest again. And then you'll get it and you'll get the harvest and then you'll eat the fruit and then you'll spit out the seed. And then the harvest will show up again until you slam the door like we're talking about. So the harvest shows up. And you're like, ah, aha, I see you. I'm not going to eat of this fruit. I'm not going to eat this negativity or I'm not going to eat this trigger. I'm not going to eat this way I've, I've usually been reacting to things. I'm going to respond completely different. And it takes that seed out of the equation. Now, if it's a hard set pattern, it might show up a number of times. But the more you keep slamming that door, remember, persisting in the assumption that you are the person you want to be, the more often you return to that, it stops fueling that pattern that you had been creating all this time. It doesn't take all that much time to stop a pattern. Okay. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. I'm just wondering like in the, like a person that triggers you and say you feel anger. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so quick and sudden, right? That mm -hmm. how do you stop Got it. and say, okay, let me react. I mean, you're already met, you're instantly angry. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Even more specific. Got it. So, you're new to this information. They're still triggering you, right? Mm -hmm. And you're angry. Great. Now, this is a completely different, this is a different um, thing. This is still part of the law of assumption. It's a technique taught by Neville. It's called revision. So you get angry. You feel terrible. You told them off. They told you off. You're feeling like crap. I, I might as well go eat worms. Great. Now, if you can sit with that feeling of contention, anger, sadness, worry, doubt, frustration. And you can understand that 
this doesn't mean what I think it means. And you actually, again, you allow yourself to accept that, okay, this thing just happened. I don't like it. If you can truly still yourself, take your attention away about what happened, all these type of things, you let them be there, but you let them just be there and you feel your feeling. And then you ask yourself, how would I have liked that interaction to have gone? How would I have liked that interaction to have gone? Oh my God, I, I, I wish they would have said something nice to me, or I wish I would have said something nice to them, or I wish they would have understood where I was coming from, whatever it is. And then you can find the feeling that goes with that. You can actually revise that scene. Now, what does this do? When you revise a scene, when you revise an incident, when you revise a circumstance, what you're doing, again, it's not external. What you're doing within yourself is actually changing your whole state of consciousness as to what you are accepting as true. If you can dwell in that feeling, I'm in a loving relationship, or this partner is amazing, or whatever it is that you're looking for out of this interaction, and you can dwell in that feeling without the judgment. In fact, one could even argue that this is a form of forgiveness. If you can bring yourself to that state of consciousness, it, as crazy as this might sound, it does change yourself in relation to the to that person now next week you run into this person again they trigger you you might notice you might notice that you respond differently automatically you might notice that you get angry again and like and i'm like wow i thought i revised it like jerry said right there you go back you sit with that feeling you allow it to be true you you, you accept what happened your behavior their behavior all that type of stuff and you ask yourself again, wait a minute, what is it that I actually want? And you go to that feeling and you forgive whatever just transpired and you go into the state that you want. The next time you run into this person, they might show up completely different. They might do the same thing that they've done before. But you, you are going to respond completely differently. You're going to actually probably respond like I've been here before. I feel this feeling. Ah, there's that anger coming up again. You know what? Bobby Boucher, whoever the person is, <laughs> I need a, you're going to respond differently. You're, you might say, you know what? I need a moment. You might say, you know what? You're right. You might say, you might take a completely different action. You might find new ways of communicating with this person. Like I said before, the person might just leave your life. This person might fire you. Anything will happen. The thing that changes, though, is you. It, it's all about you. It's all about what you what's going on within you. They're only triggering what's going on within you. Got it? Yeah, I think so. I, I It makes me think because I was just in a, a class the other day, and we were talking about like inner child work. And with that, it's uh, more or less for the listeners. It's what happened to you as a child kind of shaped you as an adult because you do replay this stuff. And so I'm just wondering like how much of those triggers might be coming from an old, you know, an old wound, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I think they all come from, they, they, they all come from the past. Right. They all come from the past. It doesn't matter when, doesn't matter where, doesn't matter who it really doesn't. 
because whether it happened when we were seven years old or seven years ago, it happened in the past and we're experiencing it right now, whatever that thing is. And if you can learn to revise, like I just taught and I, I, I don't think I, I don't feel I did a very good job explaining it, but, but it is what I work on with my clients. If you can work on just revising your days, not do your shadow work, do your child, inner child trauma and all that stuff. That's all good. But if you can just do this practice of at the end of every day, you learn to revise your day. If, in other words, if something bad happened that day, you revise it to good. If something good happened that day and you revise it to great and something great happened and you revise it to fantastic, you go to bed at night just like that. Remember, like I said, anything you do right now with thought and feeling, it doesn't go to the past. It goes to the future. You just do that alone. Daily revise. That would that would be enough. Because you start to recognize the things that, again, the things that pop up in your life are only reflecting your state of consciousness. So you carry on all the childhood trauma all the all the bankruptcy and all the poor diagnoses and the breakups and and the, the loss of life all these things cause trauma all these things cause trauma right but really what's actually happening is we accept something as true about ourselves and we call it trauma so we now have this like whole story that makes this bigger than any other circumstance that we've ever experienced in our life and we, we we and we we add weight to it and we add we add emotion to it and thoughts and this person said this this person said that and all these things and they just sit in our body and we have all this tension but then when we go back and look at him it's like wait a minute that's all that happened i've been holding on to it for that what why because of the meaning that we made. It wasn't true. Right. It was just an assumption. It was, it literally was just an assumption that we made about ourselves and we call, and now, you know, the, the tra trauma therapists and all that stuff, they call it trauma. Someone to me, I call it a story. It was, it was a story that you keep telling yourself over and over and over completely unconsciously. It's just sitting inside your body just saying, I'm a piece of junk. I'm a piece of junk. So, da, 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 da. And then we'd be like, well, let's go to our childhood trauma and figure out when you, the first time you, you said that you were a piece of junk. It's like, it doesn't matter when you said you were a piece of junk. You just started believing it. Right. And that's what I was going to say. What's neat about what you're teaching is that you don't even have to figure out what's causing you to be triggered. You just need to change that you're being triggered by the revision so th yeah that's where i was going with that I, th I think it's neat you're smart i like i like <laughs> this I, you're picking it up because you're saying it way easier than i am <laughs> i just like to talk i guess <laughs> i love the stories it's very vivid it's nice i think stories help convey a lot of this information like i i'm a, I, I i study a little bit of joe dispenza's work i love joe dispenza Joe just spends it is is without a doubt he teaches the law of assumption. He might not call it that, but I know from his old stuff that he used to study Neville Goddard. 
Okay, I didn't know that. And he that's how he got his his healing, his big healing back in the day. Oh wow. Was because of his work with Neville Neville Goddard's work. And then he was like, what is this? Then wanted to understand the science of it, which is how he got into heart math and all that type of stuff. But he uses science and mathematics to teach this 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 work. I use stories and experiences. Why? Because story gets to your emotion. Story gets you to that, wait a minute, I have done that before. That's another thing that I, I like st about stories. It's an e This is literally an everyday occurrence with every single person. They just don't know it. But if I point it out to them, like, for example, I, I have stories for days. I was riding around in an Uber. This was back when I was living in Chicago. And I was having a conversation uh, with the with the Uber driver, actually taxi driver. And he and I were sharing about how we're immigrants. My, my parents come from another country. I was born in the States. And um, so on and so forth. It's like, oh, when, when was the last time you... Uh, and he, he was talking about how sad he was because his family is still back back in his homeland. Well, when was the last time you saw them? I, was, I haven't I haven't been there in over 15 years or something along those lines. I was like, oh, wow. Well, well, why don't you go back? He goes, I just have so much to do over here. Like I have to have, you know, my taxi. I have, you know, my obligations to the things over here and this, that, and the other. And I go, oh, well. I, I still don't understand. Why why can't you go back? And he's just like, I mean, I just it's just too much to do. And I was like, okay, cool. There. Do you really want to go? I asked him. He's like, no, I really want to go. Are you sure? Because it doesn't sound like you do. He's like, no, I really want to go. It's just like, I just can't do it. I don't see how it's going to work. And I go, okay. When you first moved here to America, did people come to you and say, oh, it will never work? What's the point of you even trying? You already have obligations over here. Your family's over here and so on and so forth. I mean, did, did, did people naysay you? He was like, oh, yeah. In fact, I was the only one who thought it was going to work. Okay. Well, did it work? Well, yeah. Well, what made you believe that that was going to work? It's like, I just knew it was. That's the law of assumption. The guy didn't need anybody to be on his team. He didn't need the money. He didn't have money when he moved here. He he didn't have he didn't have anything other than the desire to be in America. Now he's he's way older. He I think he's he was in his like uh, early twenties when when he first moved here. Now he's way older and he has obligations and doesn't have enough money and time. You didn't have enough money and time back then. What changed? He goes, I, I, I don't. He had nothing. Of course, he had nothing. Dude, dude started crying. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to share this story to make people cry or say share that. Other than to say, his tears was like the realization that he was holding himself back from doing that which he wanted to do. No one was holding him back but himself. He had an assumption that he had too many obligations to go after what he wanted. Hopefully, and I, I like I give anybody who I work with the assignment of go to bed at night as that person you want to be. Don't worry about how. The how will show itself. What you need to do is 
decide that you are that person. My life is wonderful. Things come to me easily. People love hearing what I have to say. My business is thriving. My relationship is awesome. My health is amazing. And now you're not saying that with vain repetition. You're saying that as a knowing. I'm just going to assume that I am that person right now. I mean, just assume it. Even if it's not true, even if there's naysayers, including my own mind, I'm just going to assume it's true and dwell there and just allow it to be true and wear it like a perfume, like spritz, spritz, and it just wafts with you. I like that visualization. <laughs> That's good. Art is way better than science. Science is too complicated and heady. heady. <laughs> I love Dr. Joe. I do too. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just not a scientist. Right. I think more people can relate to a story versus math, you know? So yeah. <laughs> I think you got him on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, he's, he's, he's good at the storytelling as well. He's really good at the storytelling as well, but he he's an awesome teacher. And one day I'll, I, I hope to meet him someday. As I say that, it's like, well, what that would that feel like, Jerry? I'm like, oh my God, it feels so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Go to bed envisioning you are the person that just met Dr. Joe. You know, I've never done that before. I, you know what? I've never done that before. Yeah. It might be a cool thing to try. He goes to retreats in Hawaii sometimes, I believe. I, I honestly, there's there's no reason for me to be surprised if I don't ever run into him. I mean, we're in, we right. we help people you know so so yeah well as we kind of wrap up because i want to be respectful of your time but is there anything we haven't covered that you want to make sure that the listeners here are aware about or do you want to tell us more about your coaching programs oh yeah um well i'll tell you all about a coaching program then i'll leave you all with the quote that i like to leave people with okay so I have a number of offerings. So, I mean, I have like basic level courses so you can understand the principles of all these things. And then I have the, the, uh, the faithful visionary project, which is where I work with uh, creatives and visionaries, entrepreneurs, so we can really solidify what their vision is and clear all that doubt, all that frustration and, um, really recognize the fulfillment already being present here and now as they're navigating their bridge. So I work with, um, again, artists, entrepreneurs, creatives to bring their vision to life. Uh, so that's what the Faithful Visionary Project's about. And then um, I have a 90-day course that really walks you through the just the fundamentals. Everything we talked about, that meaning making and the triggers, that's like literally the first two weeks of my 90-day course oh, wow. is just really nailing that down it's such a fundamental to like working through the rest of the course that like it, it's it's I love it is this like a online at your own pace course or is this a live it is it, it is self it is self-paced but the way it works is with one-on-one -on -one coaching okay so so it it technically it is self-paced but if if you're doing the one-on-one -on -one with it 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 just makes sense to do it daily. Right. Because the repetition is where where we're what we're working on. Um, but it's it's transformative. It it makes changes in like really fun ways. That's the best way I can say it. 
And then I have a class on revision, which really dives deep on that. And then I have just hit me up. If, you, if you're curious on, on knowing more about me and what I have to offer, I'm, I'm very easy to access on, on Instagram at human imagination or human dot imagination. And, um, I, I'm, I want to know your questions. I, that's if anything, uh, if you have more questions and you want to dive deeper, ask away. I love to answer them. I love to do lives. I love to do all that stuff. Obviously I like to use my voice. So I, I think you have a lot to offer because it's fascinating to me. Cool. Thank you. And then the quote that I want to leave y'all with comes from William Blake. And he says, all that you behold, though it appears without, it is within your own wonderful human imagination in which this world of mortality is but a shadow. So I'll leave you with that. Beautiful. Yeah, I like that. I'll have to listen to that a couple of times. It's very good, though. Yeah, it's the truth. It is. Yeah. And we, I think we all forget that we're just a spiritual being on a human path right now, but that's, we're far more than just a human. We are way bigger. One of my mentors would always say to me, he's like, Jerry, you are bigger than any circumstance. So stop being a grasshopper. Your bills, you're bigger than that. Your, your diagnosis, you're bigger than that. Your lack of relationship, you're bigger than that. You are one with the creator of the universe. Having an experience called lack and limitation, that at any point you can decide, wait a minute, this is abundant. Just make the assumption. Yeah, it's kind of, I, I don't know the exact wording, but it's kind of like the fish that's in a little fish bowl and somebody asks him, why do you stay there in the water? And he's like, what water? What fish bowl? You know, he doesn't even realize that it's limited. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I thank you. And I'll be sure to put all of your contact information in the show notes. And I appreciate you and all you have to offer. It was fascinating. I love hearing about it. So yeah. Thank you. It was lovely to talk to you. You're a great interviewer and I really appreciate you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you as well. And I will let you know if somebody from the past <laughs> gives me a call in a week or so. So it's going to be fun. Just have fun with it. You'll see. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to test it. So I will let you know if that happens. Cool. cool. <laughs> well, thank you very much. All right. Nice to meet you. Okay. Nice to meet you. As we wrap up today's episode, I hope Jerry sharing his journey, experience, and wisdom has helped you in some way. There is so much wisdom packed in this episode, it's hard to pull out a few tidbits. However, I think the main takeaway for me is when Jerry talked about how we put labels on ourselves and he described them as sticky notes. And you know the drill, I'm fat, I'm stupid, nobody likes me, whatever it is that you say to yourself. And then because we kind of give off that vibe per se, people treat us how our sticky notes tell them to treat us. And then we wonder why. And we have to rewrite our sticky notes right away. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. And I think Jerry's advice on revising every day before you go to bed was impactful also. If you've had a bad day, revise it to a good day. If you had a good day, revise it to a great day. If you had a great day, revise it to a fantastic day. And Jerry says if you keep doing that, eventually your life will change for the better. How wonderful is that? 
And, you know, something we forgot to mention because we got carried away in our conversation um, is Jerry is having a retreat in Hawaii, Honolulu, Hawaii, I believe, a creative visionary retreat. And it's going to be from May 30th through June 2nd. So if you're interested and you could turn it into a vacation slash retreat, if you wanted, you could spend a few extra days just exploring Hawaii. But if you're interested, I'm putting his contact information in the show notes and please reach out to him and find out how to sign up for the retreat. Sounds pretty awesome to me. So what stood out to you? I'd love to hear from you. As always, I hope this episode helps at least one person. And with that, I hope you have a blessed week, my friend. Thank you for listening to The Beauty in the Mess. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas you would like to hear about, or you think you would be a great guest on the show, you can reach me directly at thebeautyinthemess.com. Thanks for listening.